into God, getting plugged into his church, getting plugged into love, life and to purpose, realizing there's a purpose, there's a calling, there's a place for our lives that we need to be plugged into. And what we've been trying to do this month is teach you truths like we do every time we stand up here and preach, truths that will help you plug into God, which is the ultimate power source. You can plug into a lot of other things and your batteries will run out. But when you plug into God, there's a power that he wants to give your life. We discovered this too. If you're not plugged in, you've got no power. If you're not plugged in, if you're not connected in, you've got no power. And it's Satan's goal to leave every one of us powerless. He wants us powerless. That we cannot do the great things that God has for us. On Sunday, we began and we talked about getting plugged in through giving. We talked about tithing and the importance of putting God's first. Giving God His portion, which is the tithe. Tithe is just another word for tenth or ten percent. And that when we put God first and we give to Him first, He promises to redeem the rest. Say with me, take care of it all. Come on, say that one more time. Take care of it all. When you put God first, He promises to redeem the rest. That means He'll take care of everything else that you need in your life. Come on, do I hear an amen? Amen. And that is why tithing is such an opposed subject today. Because Satan doesn't want us to enter into the life of blessing or a blessed life, which is a life that is supernaturally touched By God. It's amazing when you hear of people losing their jobs and you hear of struggles. I think to myself, man, we are preaching the right subject at the right time. Because if there's ever a time we need to put God first, it's right now. Because God can take care of the rest. But I believe God wants every one of us to live a blessed life, which is a life that is supernaturally touched by God. Having the supernatural power of God working on your behalf. And that's a promise to the tither. That's the promise to one who puts God first. Listen to this statement. A life of abundance is connected to a life of obedience. A life of abundance is connected to a life of obedience. And I want you to focus. Can you focus right now? Focus with me for a second. Abundance is not just money and wealth. Focus. 
Every time we hear tithing, we automatically think, wow, I'm just going to get all this money and it's all this wealth. Abundance, when God speaks of abundance, he's not just speaking about money and wealth. Yes, it can include that. Of course. God can do that. But you've got to remind yourself, God's not just limited to that. But God's blessings... I like to call it that. The abundance is God's blessings. There's the things that he knows that we need. And those things come as a direct connection to our obedience. As we're willing to give to God and give to God his portion. His blessings. His abundance comes as a result. Look what it says in Malachi 6 and verse 8. It says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you may say, God, in what way have we robbed you? And here's the answer. God says, you have robbed me in your tithes and in your offerings. Notice 10%, that's the tithe. But then he also talks about the plus. That's the offerings. The offering is that which is above and beyond your regular tithe. And God says we have robbed him from the ability to move in our lives because we have taken or withheld that which is already his. I think that's quite an amazing thought to consider that we have robbed God. That we've stolen from God. And as I just said, here's how we've robbed him. We withhold his ability to give back into our lives. We literally rob him. The desire of God is to bless you. Do you understand that? God desires to bless you. He wants to pour into your life. But when we don't give God first and we don't put God first, we literally, it doesn't matter how much he desires to us, it's almost like we take away the fact of his blessing in our lives. God must be first. And that's a principle of life to us as children of God. And again, if you don't believe me, ask a tither. Come on, ask someone who ties. Ask someone who gives. And their testimony is always going to be the same. And they'll also say this. Yes, there's struggles. Yes, there's hardships. But when all the smoke is settled, here's the testimony. Guess what? We're still standing. And we're still blessed. We're still blessed of God. You see, on Sunday we realize this. Money is a test. 42% of the parables that Jesus, 18 out of 42, I believe it was, of the parables that Jesus spoke were on money. 500 verses in the Bible have to do with salvation and prayer and faith. No, 500 have to do with prayer. 500 have to do with faith. But there's over 2,000 that have to do with finance and money. Why is that? Because we need to learn how to manage our money and understand the importance Of putting God first. Because money is a test. That every one of us has to pass. I want to quickly tonight talk again about stewardship. I think it's something that's so vitally important. And I want to talk about that tonight. Because stewardship is right where you are at. Stewardship is right now. Say with me, right now. That's stewardship. How are you handling and managing what you have Right now. Because if you don't get it right now, what makes you think that God's going to bless you with more? 
well, when I get to this place, then I'll pay my tithes. No, if you can't pay your tithes on $10, we've already discussed this, then you're not going to pay your tithe on $100. And if you can't pay your tithe on $100, you're not going to pay it on 1000 If you can't pay on 1000 you're never going to be in the 10000s Your stewardship is right where you're at right now. Look what it says in Luke 16, verse 10. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful or also will be faithful also in that which is. And he who is unjust in what is least is also going to be unjust also in much. If you can't be faithful where you're at, you're never going to be faithful to where God wants to take you. If you can't be a steward where you are right now, you're never going to be a steward in the places that God has for you. Because stewardship is a requirement for more. You want more of God and more of his abundance and blessing in our life? You've got to learn stewardship. And what do I mean by that? This is what I mean. God needs to be able to trust you. He needs to know that he can trust you. Because the little is just the starting point for God. And that starting point is that place from which God wants to move in your life. God can trust you where you're at. Listen to this. Stewardship is not a destination. But it's the journey. Stewardship is not one day when I get there. But stewardship is every step of the way on the journey, on the pathway of life that gets us to the destination. We're never going to get there if we don't start taking the steps. So stewardship is not getting there, the destination. Stewardship is every step of the way. As we walk in our lives and as we trust God. Stewardship is faithfully putting God first right now, today, in your present. Perhaps not a good situation. But God says, will you still put me first? Will you still honour me in what you have? How many have said this, when I make this much or I get this promotion, then I'll give to God? But you know there's two things we're saying there, Bill. The first is this. Number one, God, you're not first. And secondly, what we're saying is, When I have enough left over for me, then I'll give some to God. Notice that when I get there, the destination, when I get there, I'll be a good steward. But really what we're saying is, if I ever do get there, what I'm saying is this. I haven't put God first, that he's not first. And what I'm saying is, if there's enough left over, then I can afford to give to God. In God's word, there's a man that was known as a man after God's own heart. David, the giant killer. But that heart didn't begin in a palace. That heart didn't begin while he was being anointed king. Or as he was the champion who killed Goliath. Or as the women began to sing, Saul has killed his thousands, David has killed his ten thousands. The heart of a champion, the heart of God did not develop through those things, but it began as a steward in the wilderness with a few sheep. God saw someone in a wilderness just doing his job and faithfully doing it too. That God said, there's someone over there that I can touch. 
Don't ever think that God can't notice me because I don't have much. Listen, God notices people perhaps more in the wilderness than he does in the palace. Because it's that time of testing. Come on, it's easy to serve God when everything's going good. It's easy to pay our tithes when we're on top of the world. But the wilderness experience is what separates the men from the boys. It separates and shows those who mean business with God. Those who say, God, I'm going to put you first despite it all. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to honor you with what I have. There was nothing grand about the wilderness. There was nothing grand about a bunch of stinking sheep. But when he was faithful there, come on, what's your there tonight? Come on, what's your there? He was faithful in the wilderness with sheep. What's your there right now? It's maybe not the dream job, it's not the dream opportunity, but it's your there right now. That's where you're at. It's your there. It may be a wilderness, it may feel like a wilderness, dry and miserable. But guess what? That's your there right now. And when he was faithful there, God could see that he could trust him in a wilderness. And because God knew he could trust him in a wilderness, God knew he could trust him on a throne. Definition of stewardship is a person who manages another person's property or finances. Someone who takes care of someone else's stuff. And that's us. Or at least it should be us. Everything we have has been graced or given to us by God. And now God requires for every one of us to be a good steward with it. And that's a principle from God's word. When we choose to misuse it and we make the wrong choices with it, when we fail to put God first with it, you know what we are? We've been bad stewards. And as a result of bad stewardship, we will see no reward from it. Let me ask you a question tonight. How many believes that God is a rewarder? Come on. God is a rewarder. Look what it says in Hebrews 11 verse 6. But without faith it's impossible to please him. Given is an act of faith. Because we're given with the hope of things that we haven't yet seen. And the evidence of things that haven't been revealed. But we're given because we're putting God to the test. Because he said prove me. Put me to the test. See if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. It's a faith act as we go. But it says without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God. Must believe that he is. Number one, we've got to acknowledge who he is. But then what? And that he, God, is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What is the words we sang tonight? The more I seek you, the more I find you. Isn't that true that as we begin to diligently seek God and we say, God, no matter what, God, I love you. And I'm going to acknowledge the fact that you are omnipotent, that you're almighty, you're powerful, that you can handle my problems. I'm going to honor you and I'm going to give to you. And guess what? God, you're going to redeem and take care of the rest. Why? Because you're a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. God rewards good work. God rewards good stewardship. And when we honor him and we put him first in our lives, he will bless your home. He'll bless your finances. He'll bless your life. You see, when we manage, when we handle right, when we give him his portion, the tithe, he will redeem the rest. He will supernaturally touch everything that we have. 
which will release his supernatural power that will work on our behalf. You see, if we don't get the God first stuff, if we don't get the good stewardship stuff, we can't jump on the blessing bandwagon. If we don't put God first and don't realize we've got to be a good steward, we can't expect the rewards and the blessings of God. But remember this also. We can put God first and be a good steward and our motive can still be wrong. We've got to make sure our motive is right. I don't give to get rich. But what do we do? We don't even give. We bring back to God that which he has blessed us all with. What an incredible God we have that only asks for 10% and lets us keep the other 90 when 100% is already his. He could lay claim on everything you have and you couldn't say, God, you've robbed me. But God is so loving that he says, hey, all you have to do is give me 10 and you can keep the 90 for yourself. And 90% given like that blows 100% kept out of the water every time. Because 90% blessed by God goes a lot further than 100% that is cursed. I said it Sunday, I don't understand it all. But I do know this. Putting God first, giving to Him His portion, is a principle of life. It's a principle of God, a God that never changes. Malachi 3.6, I am the Lord God and I changeth not. And it's a principle I realize of life for me and my family. And trust me, it works. As we put God first, he'll redeem the rest. I said, as we put God first, he will redeem the rest. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.